0: And welcome back to another episode of Joe and Matt having a chat. As always, I'm joined by my very, very sexy
1: co-host, Matt. Matt, how are you today? Good. Thank you for the thank you for the compliment. Always uh always nice to hear that from you. Um, yeah, today'd be good. Um, we've got a guest coming on, returning. So he's already been on before. Um, he was our first male guest to come on. And I'm sure from when we last spoke to him, it, there's been some exciting stuff happening. Um Changed a fair bit and kind of look forward to hearing more about it and seeing kind of how he's progressed in his kind of fitness journey as such, however you want to kind of say it, lifestyle really. Um, but let me introduce himself, give him a quick kind of chat of what he's about. Um, so Taylor, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and anything you changed since we last spoke to you? Uh,
2: I was a fat guy. I'm still a fat guy, but I've just lost a bit more weight in getting a bit more following but I now try and help others who were where I was when I started because I kind of can resonate with them a bit so I'm trying to help others now whilst helping myself. You said kind of lost weight when we last spoke it was
1: was it about 100 pounds? I mean last time
2: We. Spent, awesome. I, I listened to the podcast back, so I think it was like eighty-two pound.
1: Yeah, and
2: now I'm down like one hundred and twenty-eight. Near, I think it was like one hundred and twenty-nine point five this morning.
0: That's an impressive amount to drop.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's, and and kind of how have you how have you found that kind of when you say that number out loud? Does it
2: feel a bit surreal for you, or?
1: Is it just almost... I think for a
2: long time, I was chasing that hundred pounds because it was like it was kind of cool you know like in the gym you're chasing like different times of like lifting like you're chasing that 200 kg deadlift or 140 squat but for me i was chasing that 100 kg not 100 kg that's that's a lot um 100 pound (laughs) uh 100 pound and then after that it kind of stagnated a bit because i got comfortable because it was like i hit it and then i got disciplined again and then for the last like i'm gonna say like eight weeks it's just just been flying down. But strength's been going up, so a little bit of muscle built, but again, we can't really see it just yet because of the layer of fat that's hiding it. But I'm sure by summertime it will look I'll probably be a different person, like how I look.
0: Good to so you said that you were more uh on track or more focused. What was the changing point for you that allowed you to be a bit more focused?
2: Um I think it was like once I hit that 100 pound it was like where it it didn't take long but it was kind of at the same time like we could do whatever we want in the UK don't want to really talk about COVID because it's like long gone but like we could go to restaurants we could go to like Christmas markets and stuff like that and we didn't have to worry about like social distancing so I was like I'll enjoy it up until like Christmas time and then after Christmas before New Year's because I don't new year's resolutions just get straight back on it and since then scale has just been going straight down and i've remained consistent and i think it's something when i'm not in that like schedule everything else around me kind of doesn't fit so like if i'm not scheduling my days and working hard and like in the gym then like my work will suffer my personal relationships because i'll just end up going into my little cocoon and being an introvert introvert Yeah. yeah
0: introvert so what does a typical day look like to you at the moment? You said you like that structure. So what would a structured day look like?
2: Uh, so I'm on 75 hard at the moment, which is like a mental toughness challenge. I'm on day 20 today. And it's I'll get up at half six every day. Uh, from half six to seven, I'll just wake up. No social media apart from editing a TikTok to go on social media because it takes like half hour. Then later on in the day, if I'm busy, then it, everything gets pushed back. So then I get up at seven, cold shower, cold shower, I'm in there. Like, I, I have a hot shower first, so I'm actually clean. And then cold shower, five minutes. And then breakfast every day, literally protein oats, oats, my protein, protein powder, use my code, um, berries. And then at, at around, so from like seven to 10, I'll go to work for a few hours. 10 till 12, I'll train. Uh, I give myself two hours depending on the session. Day obviously recovery wise going from set to set, I need a bit more time to uh refuel the tank to go again. So then now it's half 12 to one podcast, one till two lunch, two till five dinner, five till six. My second exercise of at least 45 minutes as part of the 75 hard, so it's two exercises a day and one must be outside, and then six till eight, nine o'clock. I will have my last meal of the day. I will read 10 pages of an entrepreneurial or non-fiction book according to a 75-hour challenge. Take progress videos, post a TikTok, go to bed, eight to 10 hours sleep just because, one, I'm recovering, and two, I'm lazy. But um, it's repeat. So you mentioned 75 hard a few times there.
0: Is there anything else you have to do with it? You mentioned a few things. That it should be it's like little tick boxes that you need to do each day. Can you give an overview of almost where the, the program came from and what you have to do to complete each day?
2: Uh, so, 75 Hard is one part of a different challenge called Live Hard. It's a mental toughness challenge created by a guy called Andy Frizzella, I want to say. He's the CEO of First Form. Um, he put out a podcast about 75 Hard and he said that only like one or two people will actually complete it. Since then, thousands of people have completed it because everyone on social media, it's, like, cool to do. Because I've done a Project 50, which is similar. So then I wanted a bit more of a challenge physically, but more mentally so I can create more discipline. Because, as Matt knows, like, in terms of my life, I'm quite free to do whatever I want, in a sense. So that's what the 75 hard is, like, in a nutshell. But for the first, oh, so the 75 hard part is part of live hard. So the 75 hard part is two 45 minute exercises minimum a day. One must be outside. So say if I go for like a 20 minute walk and then come back, that doesn't count. So it's like I've got to then start again at like a 45 minute walk or 45 minute skip. Or I've been doing like interval run, and walk kind of jogging just to build up that uh, cardiovascular system. Uh, but I take a progress picture every day. I do it in the form of video, and then split it down. Uh, you've got to eat a diet. The diets your choice. It says it all in the book, etc. But I chose calorie deficit. Obviously, the only way to lose fat. But I cut out a lot of the shit. I don't know if we can swear on it, but I cut it all out. So, if, for example, my calories fit a McDonald's, I can't have a McDonald's because even though you can still lose weight in terms of like the nutritional value, it's not good. So it's creating that discipline of like, even though you can have a chocolate bar, you don't have a chocolate bar, Mm -hmm. but I haven't found a loophole, but because obviously I'm trying to lose weight, but build muscle, I have like protein bars. um, I put chocolate in my porridge, usually like 80% cocoa with a uh, pinch of salt in the actual chocolate, just obviously water pump like massive gains, and um so there's all little things and then I've got to read 10 pages minimum of a non-fiction entrepreneurial book and drink a gallon of water a day so example 500 mil I've got to drink nine of these a day which is like 4.5 liters at the start first 10 days I was on the toilet all the time now it's like six or seven times a day before did, it was like 20 and the catch of the challenge is is if you mess up on one point you start from day one Mm
1: -hmm. so
2: it's creating that consistency like say if you got to day 74 and life got a bit busy it's like you've still got to show up or you're going back to day one and it's rather a challenge to yourself because I think I tried 75 hard before when it was just like the weight loss but I didn't look too much into why I should do it. It was just a cool thing going around. But now it's like my whole life is this challenge and it's going to be part of the whole live hard. So there's different phases. The other phases I haven't got to yet, so I can't really go into it. But it's just more like personal development, self-discipline and rather than just fitness because fitness will be a byproduct of the actual challenge.
0: So personally, I'm all... sure
2: it's a challenge.
0: No, it's, it's, I'm, thank you for explaining that. You explained it quite well. I personally am a big fan of Andy Priscilla and the work that he does. How did you discover Um
2: I think it was just TikTok. So I was watching other videos and obviously you've got a for you page. It's got the algorithm. And I saw all of these 75 hards and I was like, I'll give it a go. Failed the first time. And then after my Project 50, I then this was like before christmas i done it twice so i don't want before christmas had december off and then done it after christmas just to get back into that discipline of like showing up every day and it was like the challenge helped me be accountable for so i wanted the same accountability but at a more higher like pressure rate so i wanted like there's no doubt in my mind that i'm gonna fail Cause like I went out to dinner the other day with uh, the missus and a couple of mates, they're all there having their little tapas bits. They've got their garlic bread, the chips, the steak. And I just sat there with my uh, Coke Zero and just watched them eat. I was like, because there's no way I'm going to fail just for a social occasion, just a personal thing. But going on to how I got into knowing, not knowing, but knowing of Andy, uh, just his podcast. I think I listened to a few, like when I was out doing my exercises, my my outdoor exercises. I started off with the 75 Hard podcast because they explain it a lot better than just TikTok because TikTok or any social media will just say, it's these five points, go and do it and then come back. But it's not like a diet and stuff. It's like, yeah, I could do a calorie deficit, but it being dirty in terms of like the food. So I listened to that and I think his mindset just on life is quite inspiring especially being a bloke and the stuff he speaks out on are uh, quite controversial but i think a lot of his points have validity and i i respect it fair enough
1: it yeah sounds good to so since we last spoke um you were kind of had one or two little contacts from places like gymshark and my protein kind of you spoke with them has there been any more development with that? Have you done any kind of any
2: work with either of them or what's kind of uh, what's that? Gymshark, I, th- I think I'm still on their radar. Uh, I'm not too sure. Their ethos is still. But it's like, unless you're very popular and very big, you're not going to be a part of that. But they comment, etc. cetera, sometimes and they love like kind of the accountability I have. But I've been working recently with my protein. Um, beforehand, it was like they sent me free shit and they gave me a code and it was like make videos and stuff more as like uh, to push them rather than push me. But then this time around, it was more they were focused on the actual journey kind of instead of the before and after, they focused more on that kind of middle sector of getting from A to B. So. I had a photo shoot with one of them for a clothing range coming out, or a clothing range is out, but the commercial is coming out shortly. And then I had an event for International Day. I'm a bloke, so I still don't know I was there, but I was on a panel and spoke about kind of breaking the bias and how people feel in a gym environment in terms of whether you're male, or female, whether uh, you're extremely overweight, etc. How did you kind of find that day? Was it interesting
1: to learn some stuff, meet some new people?
2: Uh, met a lot of people. Uh, I was the only one to get a round of applause on the panel because they all introduced themselves. Like um, <laughs> There's someone called Farah who's from Bays and Sox. She has her own all-females gym. Uh, Niall Wilson was there. He's a Olympian gymnast. And they all introduced themselves. I was last and I said, oh, I'm just a fat guy who's lost some weight. And I told them how much and got of applause. So that was quite nice. Um, turns out I'm quite strong because there was like little workshops and stuff. And it was like, uh, there was like strong women, strong men and stuff with like stone balls and stuff. And I was like, it's quite fun, quite easy. But it was definitely a fun day overall. I think there's more in the pipeline, but it's just a matter when they come around because they're doing a lot more events now. The whole pandemic's over.
1: Yeah, I guess kind of when you first kind of even heard from me, you wouldn't have thought any some, anything like that would have happened. So, so I mean, it, it's quite flattering to be asked to go onto a panel and speak in front. of well, I didn't
2: actually read as I was on the panel, so I thought I was just invited for the day, and I got my little itinerary, and I just thought it was like everyone else. And then when I got there, I got told I was on a panel, and I was like, "You didn't tell me this," and then. <laughs> I just ended up going on it. Yeah. But like, I think it was quite nervous as well, coming from my background of like not having any confidence whatsoever. It's like to just be on a stage in front of like 70 females on International Women's Day as well. It's like mm. throw me into the deep end, why don't you?
1: Yeah.
2: Must be quite, well, pretty, quite
1: fun as well, just to kind of probably not knowing you were doing that until the day might have helped. I can imagine so if you would have known a week before you might have you know, you build it up in your head a little bit as well. Yeah, it was definitely good. Good for networking as well. Yeah, I can imagine you spoke to a few people, you know, got a few contacts and stuff like that would be good.
0: So just quickly, what kind of stuff were you talking about on the panel? I know you said you're in front of Women for Women's Day, but can you give our listeners a little bit more insight into what you were saying?
2: Uh, So it was for International Women's Day for the hashtag of Break the Bias. Um, a lot of women uh, especially don't feel comfortable in like commercial gyms and such for because of the small minority of people who will be a bit over the top uh we were uh Niall and I were both there to kind of give it from a bloke's perspective because it is kind of the small minority that's taken out of proportion and portrayed in a way that's like it's every bloke so we were saying it from like our perspective and it was like how people should approach you at the gym and stuff like that and just not make you feel like a creep and like how all women's gyms can be good to like get you started, get you into a routine. But then commercial gyms, you have that kind of group environment of like pushing each other, but it's just, I think it all comes down to right place, right time and or wrong place, wrong time in terms of the small minority. And then I also spoke about how you can feel regardless of gender, because um, the whole point was gender shouldn't even be in the conversation. It should be like everyone should feel as one there. Because I know from my own experience, walking into the gym as like a 32 stone male who couldn't buy any clothes and had to go in wearing jackets, quite intimidating, even though that. Now, looking back, no one's probably looking at me, and if they are, they're probably like, Fair play, he's doing something about it. But when you're in that moment, it's like you're petrified. And I think looking back now, there's a sense of it, but my attitude was like, I just got to suck it up, and it was the best thing i ever done. So it was just more so encouraging everyone else to kind of take the same mindset. Yeah. So, what you said then about kind of people watching, what I sometimes say to a few clients is they kind of,
1: if they're a bit nervous, such as if you think someone's looking at you, you're standing in the way of their reflection to so them see themselves, and normally that is the case. As sad as it sounds, if someone's in, if you look, you're either looking maybe to learn an exercise, or you know, like I said, looking for an impressive lift, or someone's going for a heavy lift, and you kind of think, oh, I kind of want to see this. It's never a bad thing. It's you know, people aren't judging you; they want to learn themselves. Even myself, I might see someone do something and then try it. it you know, you can always learn. But yeah.
2: I guess it's hard. Yeah, get... I find it at the moment, especially... Oh, sorry. Sorry, oh, yeah. there's a delay. Yeah. So I got. Yeah, not like a
1: two-second
2: delay. I find it at the moment, in the current gym I'm in, like if someone's... Like the deadlift platform is like literally in the middle of the whole gym. So if you're going heavy, like people are looking at you, but it's like quite a nice environment. Like if you go heavy, you got people looking, kind of shouting at you like to get it up. And then when you do do it it's like fair play and I think it's very encouraging in that sense but if you're new to the gym that could also be very intimidating so I mean it's just a whole case of opening a conversation and just helping one another.
0: Nothing like a bunch of men shouting you to get up.
2: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life.
0: Uh, so you've mentioned that you're fairly strong and you mentioned that you've pulled off some heavy deadlifts. Talk to us about your numbers. What kind of numbers are you moving in the gym at the moment?
2: Uh, so I finally managed to hit my two hundred uh, deadlift. I was chasing it, and it's not often I'll go for a one rep max just because my whole training plan and my like coaching is built around building muscle. So I'm looking to achieve hypertrophy and then focus on my diet make sure I'm getting enough protein, make sure I'm sleeping well, rather than just seeing how much I can lift I'm amount of time. So it's, at the moment, it's just, I was trying to chase that 200 deadlift. and I got it. Uh, today, I did 130 back squats for a set of 10. So in terms of a one rep max, it's up there, but I'm just not looking to try it at the moment because of my knee. And then, um, what's the other one? Uh, bench I don't bench but I do flat dumbbell pressing and I do smith so on the smith I think it's two and a half or three plates per side at the moment depending on how the push session's going again because of a higher rep ranges it's like sometimes I can do like a three plates for like five or other times it's like 2.5 to like eight or nine but I'm just trying to progress it using a little like 1.25 kilo plates every week such in a deficit. Getting stronger at the moment is kind of the hardest thing ever. Um, but yeah, they're my main lifts. My uh, flat dumbbell is at 42.5 at the moment per per dumbbell, obviously. And again, because of the rep ranges, it's like, there's no point even trying to see a one rep max on the flat dumbbell press, in my opinion.
0: No, I'd agree with that. Yeah, although yeah. I have had someone try that before. <laughs> he wanted to try to press the 50s and he did, for one but it just seemed a bit pointless. A
1: lot of kind of work <laughs> yeah, Like the initial, we, yeah. Had to,
0: we had to pick them up for him, so he actually started with his arms extended, he kind of went down and it was like a grindy rep, and he did it and like, threw him on the floor I thought, that, that's great didn't achieve anything from that, but is, is, you know, yeah. people got to do what they got to do See,
1: it
2: sounds like you train I think mean, it's an ego thing I think 100%. men especially like to be the strongest there, uh, especially like the people, the men I see um at the gym, um, not to be racist as this Indian guy, it's not racist, but as this Indian guy, like, I see him and he'll be on the cables and he'll be like doing bicep work on the cables, but he'll have the whole stack, but where he's doing bicep work, I'm like, why is your whole body moving? And it's like, he, uh, first time I went to the gym, he actually like, snapped the cable because It's not the best equipment. It's like techno gym, So I was trying to stay away from the cables. But it was just the fact he snapped it as well. I was like, one, you probably didn't do anything for actually what you were trying to do. And two, you break a bit of equipment. It's like, but his ego was kind of through the roof. He was like um, shadow boxing. So he was there like punching the air and stuff. And I'm like, this man's on summon.
0: I will be honest with you both. Now, though, if I go into a new gym, my first thing is to look at the dumbbell rack and ask myself, could I press the heaviest dumbbells?
1: Oh, yeah. No, no, I, I think yeah. most people, that's just natural instinct almost is what could I do here? Right?
2: Yeah. Well, well, that's why I left my old gym. As uh, Matt knows, because the the max dumbbell I could do because of my training, I, I didn't really want to do bench. So I ended up just getting a new and if I can exceed that one, I'll end up probably getting another new gym.
0: So what gym are you at now?
2: I'm at Village in uh, Basinstone. Mm-hmm. I am wanting to start my own gym because I've been to some good gyms. I've been to King's Gym in Mitchum, which is very good in terms of like machines. And I've been to Ultraflex in Roberham. Yeah. And in terms of... Uh, powerlifting and bodybuilding it's probably the best gym in the uk but it's just all the equipment they've got i think it'd be cool to have a gym down south with like similar equipment because we got a few but i don't really want to go like an hour two hour round trip just to go to the gym every day even though i could it's like it's just a lot of effort
1: yeah that time is precious in theory or you're doing it most days of the week
0: there's a gym called My Gym yeah. in Salisbury, which is meant to be really good.
2: Yeah, again, Salisbury is like a bit of a trek, isn't it?
0: I guess mm. actually, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm yeah. thinking handover. It's not that far, but I don't live yeah. an Andover.
1: Well, uh, we 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 we'll get we we'll get a heavier numbers next week,
2: <laughs> going up to fifty. Awesome. How? Oh, I'll have to come back. <laughs> my my gym's uh, apparently in a few weeks is getting a hack squat, which I'm quite excited for that'll be good hack but good. again, it's techno gym, so I don't know whether like the angle and stuff in comparison to the Cybex or kind of the wheel it moves on, a little bar, I don't know whether it's going to be like smooth or a bit jolty, so I have to see what it's like when putting it under a decent load
0: Have either of you used a belt squat before?
2: no I have once
0: what did you think of it
2: um I didn't really like the pulling it kind of made me feel like I was pulling forward rather than going down so this is when I went to UltraFlex. so I wasn't a big fan I am a big fan of the pendulum squat though I kind of like that where it's kind of you know what a pendulum squat is I
0: don't think I've seen one
2: so it's so it's I don't know how to explain it. So it's kind of like it's slightly angled and half of like an axis. So the you're push your back's pushed against a plate. Your oh yeah, you can like that way.
1: You kind of curve. You kind of curve it.
2: Yeah. Like. yeah we're looking at photos now. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You you can get very deep in a pendulum squat, and a lot of the time when you fail, you you know you're failing, like because yeah. you just get stuck at the bottom. Deeper the better. Um, Yeah, (laughs)
1: that's right. Um, you kind of you you said about your own gym stuff. Is that something you've kind of thought about, or is it just it'd be quite cool to you know?
2: Um, I thought about it financially. I I've uh, researched some places to put it. Um, the idea was shut down by a lot of people around my inner circle, saying I've got other priorities. So I think at the moment I'm just going to hold back until I'm in a spot where I can't really progress in the commercial gym because I do plan on taking what I'm doing now all the way. It's, it's, it's a matter of time. Obviously, I can't just do it overnight, but maybe in a couple of years when it's like, I don't really, because my strength going to go up regardless, and I don't really want to be having to, like, do back squats of, like, 180, 200 kilos. So it's like, if I can get, like, hack squats, pendulum squats, like, down the line when and there might be good especially on the joints etc and kind of making sure like stability and stuff isn't the issue in terms of building muscle
1: nice what would you kind of what do you think uh, we've asked this a few people in the past but it would be quite interesting to know from now do you think your mindset has changed much since you kind of started lifting and started getting into fitness
2: I think at the start, the mindset was more like I just wanted to lose weight, but I didn't enjoy cardio. So I was like, I'll just lift weight to lose weight, which sounds kind of weird, but um, that was kind of the agenda to begin with. Mm -hmm. Now it's like, I don't want to just lose weight. I want to lose body fat and I want to be as big as possible in terms of muscle mass. So I, at the moment, I couldn't really care what the scale says. As long as the scale is going down, my numbers in the gym are going up, then I'm happy. Whether that's like, two pound or like 0.2 pound it's like regardless if the numbers in the gym are progressing and i'm doing something right it's kind of like again just everything takes time and i think with consistency and dedication i'll get there but i think a lot of people want stuff especially our generation here and now so a lot of people give up i think but i just want to keep see it from
0: so what kind of what bits of advice would you give to someone who wants to build uh, mental toughness or learn to be able to stick to things better?
2: Um, I think it depends on, I don't want to say it depends on gender, but I think for your mindset, it does strongly depend on gender. Because I think as a male, um, especially in the society we are in, I think being a bloke or a traditional bloke is kind of, cool and tough and it's like a lot of people aren't kind of like that and it's like it's a lot easier to tell a bloke suck it up and get on with it than it is a woman because there's so many more factors for women like your hormones, different times of the month etc and it's kind of finding that balance so I can't really speak for them but for a man it's like if you want mental toughness you've got to be harsh on yourself and I think I'm doing it to myself at the moment it's like I think I got in the other day at like 12 o'clock at night. Didn't do one of my exercises. Didn't really drink much water that day and didn't read my book. So at midnight, I was outside on an exercise bike for 45 minutes whilst drinking my water whilst reading a book. And it was like, just smash it all at once. So it's kind of, I still had to show up regardless of if I had to go to bed. And it was very easy to just be like, suck it up and get on with it. Cause I'm going to benefit in the long run.
1: Yeah, I think everyone's everyone's different in terms of how they like being pushed. Some people like being told kind of just the brutal truth, and it's you need to do that, do that. or sometimes it's sugarcoating it. it. Everyone's different for how they take the kind of feedback. Like you know, they can either take it too harsh and think you're kind of being mean to them, or they can see it as you're trying to help them. I think you've got to be careful how you approach different people and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you're only going to say something to help them. And if you're not, then you're clearly not a friend. I think it
2: depends Like if you've got a report with someone as well. I wouldn't just publicly say it to a random person in the gym, that lifting weight of like, come on, you can do better than that, you're doing shit. Like, come on. Yeah. If it's like your mate, you kind of have that connect, not connection, but like, you know, like if your mate's been a bit of a wet wipe or whether he's actually pushing to failure. Yeah,
1: and you can you can kind of if it doesn't, you can never laugh because again, you're friends and you're not really going to say anything that's actually mean. it's yeah, answer as much exactly.
0: Yeah, nice. I think though, if I was in the gym and I finished a rep, I finished a set, a couple of reps earlier, and someone came over to me and said you had a couple more there, I think that would or they said come on, you can do better than that. It probably motivate me to go again. Mm. But mm. I think not everyone. I think you said it quite well almost some people are a bit more soft and you can't tell them to shut yeah. up on with it whereas i'm certainly there with a lot of my clients now it is i will tell them just shut up and do it in a, in a nice way
1: yeah i think you can come down
2: to the gym but you've got that kind of report as well don't you especially with a client you kind of they know you you know then they come back each week it's like when i was p team and matt i was kind of just doing what we done in a PT session outside of a PT session at the start. And someone came up to me and was like, you could lift heavier than that. And this is when I tried it, recorded it, and then sent Matt a video. And he was like, fair play. I think that was, I remember that. That
1: was, to most gyms, some dumbbells, when it gets to a certain weight change colour. Yeah. yeah. So I was go red and grey. And I think we did a session, I was like, you can, de- you can definitely do grey, so we'll try it next week. Things for dinner or something, you got a message. And was, I've done the greys. I did the other greys, and you just like it was like a little hidden again. You like I did this and I did this. I just kept doing the greys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it depends. On, I think gym experience is key as well. If you're kind of if you're new to gym, you might not feel comfortable with someone approaching you. If you're still learning bits, so or if you've been in gym for years, you don't really mind because you might be used to it. So, or you know, if
2: you've got headphones in, yeah, mid set. That's someone, kind of what the panel was about as well. It was kind of being approachable. Like say if you are experienced or you are a trainer and someone new comes in, it's like a lot of people, I think in the gym personally, it's like, just cause my mindset, like I wouldn't go up and ask someone how to do something, but I think like people should do that more. Cause the amount of people I see lift now with like very bad form and it's like, why don't you just drop the weight a little bit, ask someone for a little bit of help and just improve. Because you will have longer benefits, but it's like people don't really speak about that kind of dialect in the gym. I think
0: that also goes for guys. It's ego, and you don't hurt their ego when they're in lifting. And I actually said this to someone this morning. The problem with girls in the gym is I might see them doing something wrong, and my first thought is right. I can go help them, but they suddenly think right. He's hitting on me, and actually, I'm not help them with what they're doing. And yeah, and and don't blame them because sometimes guys are actually there to hit on them. Whereas mm. you get people like who actually who actually just want to help them.
2: And then you yeah, might it's really- that a small minority of people that do hit on people makes men in general just be generalized in the fitness environment, in my opinion.
0: Mm. Yeah. I agree.
2: Sadly, there are always a few out there that
1: ruin it for everyone else to say that.
0: So Taylor, what's next? What can we expect from you in the future over the next three to six months?
2: Um, I'm going to be in the best shape I've ever been in my life um, I'm going to be consistent um, in terms of goals outside the gym I don't really have many um, kind of a gym's pretty much my whole life but it's just a matter of that two hours in the gym has to be built up with like 22 hours outside the gym of like sleep and eating so I'm just going to keep up with that and just chase this kind of Body that I'm dreaming for and then probably get body dysmorphia and then feel shit about it and then just carry on for the next many years and then retire. But enjoy the process at the same time. <laughs> Some days. Yeah. Okay. Other days it's like, oh, but you just got to put in the work and just get it done, I reckon. Put nice. in the
0: work and get it done. There you are. Seems simple. Good way to end, i say. Taylor, so, you've been a fantastic guest. Thank you for giving up your time to speak to us. All right. Anyone that's listening, thank you for listening. And we hope to see you or listen to listen to you.
1: You hope to hear from us in the next one. There you are. Well thank you very much guys. Thank you again, Taylor. That's all right.